Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Coming to you from uh, just outside of Stillwater in the mobile podcast studio. We're on the road heading back home after Oklahoma State wraps up a 31-20 victory over Kansas State. Impressive victory in a lot of ways. Uh, we'll get into as many of them as we can. There was a lot of stuff going on in this one tonight, Jacob. It was uh, an interesting game, to say the least. I was told there'd be no passing <laughs> in this game. Yeah. Um, someone lied to us. Yeah. I went on the radio before the game and was talking about how uh, you know Tay Martin should be back, uh, Blaine Green should play, going to have some, some help in the receiver game. Um, but I said, I still don't think they're going to throw the ball 35 times. And I was right. They threw it 34. <laughs> <laughs> they, it's like they listened and said, mm, we'll make Scott right. Yeah. Just, just barely. Exactly. So uh, a, lot, a lot to unwrap. Um, you know, I, I hate to always start with the offense because the defense was so good. And has and has been week after week after week, but the uh, the offensive balance and effectiveness that we saw in the first half is something that Oklahoma State fans have got to be really excited about. Yeah, I you know we talked this week about you know how and I think it was topic I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast or not, but how much of this struggles you know do we really know about? Casey Dunn as an offensive coordinator. Right. Is this, you know, has he got to really run what he wants to do, or is this kind of what we expect from Casey at this point? Um, I think the first half looked like what we want, what Casey Dunn wants to do. Yeah. Um, he's got weapons. Um, he was like, you know, a kid in a candy store up there going, ooh, let's throw it to this guy. Right. Ooh, let's hand it off to Jalen Warren here. Let's, oh, let's, let's have Spencer run it. You know, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. And, there was balance. There was big plays. There were there there were so many good things that looked like the high-powered offense you expected when Casey said in the preseason, "We're going to score a lot of points." Right, and they were rolling. Yeah, yeah, they were. They uh, they looked unstoppable there. There was long, long drives, long productive drives that were uh, eating up clock and uh, and and chewing up yardage and moving down the field. It was uh, it was really impressive. Now, as for what happened in the second half, I can't uh, can't begin to say what uh, what exactly went wrong with the offense in the second half. After scoring thirty one in the first half, they uh, they get shut out in the second half, and um, just looked like a a completely different group out there. Uh, they were running the ball a lot more, and uh, um, you know they they still uh, they still found a way to be effective in the passing game, but not at the level that they were in the first half. They weren't able to extend drives the way that they were in the first half. So um, obviously not a finished product, uh, but but still, you look at what Spencer Sanders did: throws for 344 yards, two touchdowns, rushes for another score, um, 22 of 34 through the air. Really, uh, no no interceptions, no fumbles. Uh, you've got to put this up at the uh, the top of the list when you're talking about his most efficient games, 
um, and maybe his uh, one of his best games as a uh, as a cowboy. I, th- I I think Jacob. Yeah, he had the rushing touchdown too. Did you, yeah. Did you mention that? It's uh, there's a lot of stats for Spencer. I, I lost yeah. track. Um, yeah, he he looked every bit of the veteran quarterback you expected coming the way everyone talked about his spring and his fall camp um this is the spencer you expected not you know i mean he's gonna take risks at times and there's gonna be bad decisions every quarterback makes bad decisions um but it just looked like he was in complete control really for the first time like right. the most complete control he's ever been in um there was one I think one bad throw that almost got picked um they got jumped. There was another one that got picked, but the guy landed out of bounds. Right. Throwing double coverage. Um, those might have been those two bad throws he had. Um, but Missed a couple of, uh, of open guys on yeah. uh, a couple of occasions. But Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll let that – stuff like that, that's going to happen. Right, I think. exactly. Um, it's the turnovers you worry about with him, and um, he really was not in any, too much danger of that tonight. And just the way that – he connected with Tay Martin. He's got a lot of trust in Rashad Owens already. Right. Um, Brendan Presley played well. Um, it just looks so smooth um, that you think this team is really dangerous if it plays like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the connection with Tay Martin, I thought, was was something that really impressed me because you think about it, they had, um, you know, Martin played – smattering of plays last year throughout the course of the year played the second half of the bowl game and they uh, they obviously seem to have a real connection in that game and then um you know sanders is out the first game martin gets hurt they uh they they he, he they play two games without martin and now uh, and now they're they're back together finally for uh, for this one and it's it just it feels like these guys have a really strong connection, even though they haven't been on the field that much together. And um, you know, Martin talked about how they're uh, they're they're really close to each other. Their birthdays are a day apart. And apparently they, that uh, matters. Apparently so. Uh, apparently that uh, that that helped. So, um, but uh, but some stuff like that that they uh, that they kind of connect and bond over. Um, you know, he alluded to their uh, their summer workouts uh the things that they do when uh, when nobody's looking what he is is how he described it and those are uh, those are important times for a quarterback receiver combo and they're really making the most of it and now it, it it shows the work that they've put in showed on the field in the stat sheet and uh, and in the final score tonight i th- i think one underrated thing about the connection with tay martin and even rashad owens it felt like it took pressure off trying to get the ball to Brennan Presley so much. Yeah. Because you f- I felt like the last few weeks especially, they really tried to force it to Presley a lot on offense. And it didn't go well a lot of times. Right. And so I think this really kind of took that pressure of, you know, of OSU thinking they've got to get the ball in Presley's hands so much. Now there's other guys they can get the ball to. Mm-hmm. And that really just kind of balanced that out too. And it it seemed to open things up in the middle of the field for uh, for Presley to get a, mm-hmm. a couple of uh, open looks and have some space to do some things. I tell you what, the uh, the hits that he took at the goal line were uh, were big, and he stood right there and took them and uh, and kept pushing forward 
I don't know how. That was uh, yeah. that was an impressive play on his touchdown. Yeah, it really was. Um, for a guy who absolutely got destroyed uh, last week, um, I don't know how he walked away from that hit. Right. Um, to do that, to answer that way, he took another shot late in the game too. Yeah, he did. And not as bad as the Boise State hit, but he just – he's like a um, – What's the old watch like? The Timex? What? No, not Timex. The uh, yeah, it takes a look and it keeps yeah, on ticking. Yeah, yeah, keep takes a look and keeps on ticking. That's exactly what I think of with right. Brandon Presley right now. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. Because he has uh, he has taken some contact and uh, and just bounced off and uh, hopped up and uh, got right back into the action. So, and I'm sorry if you're below thirty listening to this, and you don't understand the Timex thing. Everyone has Apple watches now, <laughs> right? But, uh, exactly. That's an old watch that was very durable. Yes. You couldn't answer phone calls on it. No. Or anything like that. No, or but, have pictures was, of your family on it like I have on mine. Right, exactly. But it was uh, it was a quality product, nonetheless. Um, just like Brennan Presley. Yes. Quality product. Speaking um, of Presley, his kick yeah. returns tonight were really strong. He was, uh, he was really solid in the return game. He had a, a couple of big ones. Um, made good decisions, I thought, on his uh, on his punt returns when uh, when he had opportunities there. He did uh, have the one that he uh, the bobbled a little bit and had to fall on it. But um, other than that, really, uh, really, I thought he was solid in that area. I thought it might have been his best game of the year. Yeah, I would say so. I would say all around that would probably be his best game at this point. And I think, and I think that the uh, the ceiling is high for him. Yes. If uh, if they can keep things going the way that that it's going, uh, it could be a uh, really impressive season for him if, uh, if they can keep things going this way. So we'll see. Um, Jalen Warren really impressive again. More really strong runs. Uh, this guy just, you know, I wrote about him uh, for Saturday's paper. And talking to, you know, his former coaches, uh, both at the junior college and high school levels, they both said that, uh, that he's a guy that needs to be fed the ball. And he, uh, he really thrives when you just let him pound the rock. And, and it's, it's really showing these last two weeks with 32 and 27 carries uh, he also had four receptions tonight, giving him uh, 31 total touches, over 210 yards, or over 200 yards from scrimmage, 204 uh, from scrimmage, over 200 for the second straight week. Had 218 rushing a week ago. Just the way this uh, the way this dude runs is uh, is really impressive. They really set the tone early with that screenplay right off the bat to him. Yeah, the the I don't remember how many yards that was right off the bat, but. That was a big time play, and they kept going to that screen. It was so effective. They did. But I just, you watch him, and you're kind of amazed at how well he moves. You know, he puts a couple spin moves on one play, almost got to the end zone on that one, and just powers through people when he needs to. Um, he's really, I didn't expect him to become the feature back, but uh, here we are. And it's right. really fun. Yeah, it is. LD Brown was injured, did not uh, did not suit up tonight, and um, he didn't really notice, which is uh, unfortunate it's, for LD. It but, is. I really like LD. Kind of the case. Yeah, that was 
Yeah, that was exactly. You you didn't notice. I mean, the way Brennan had handled the returns and the way Jalen handled the carries and Dominic Richardson got at some carries. Um, you kind of feel things shrinking a little bit around LD a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think, uh, you know, if he can get healthy and get back involved, you know, I think that there uh, there's a role for him as a kick returner. I think that there would be some spots that they wouldn't mind using him as a running back. But he's not going to take away a lot of carries from Jalen Warren at this point. Warren has uh, has done too much and shown himself to be uh, to be too valuable and and too dangerous to uh, to have him on the bench a lot. So, you know, I remember Gundy said in the post game, he's they got to figure out a plan for Warren. I think they're going to have to try to start getting the Chuba plan where he doesn't do much during the week. Right, exactly. The maybe the most interesting thing that came out of post game, Jalen Warren is a sweater. Oh yeah! <laughs> Apparently, he uh, he he can't can't stay hydrated because he sweats so much. That's why he ended up leaving uh, leaving the game. Had a uh, had to go in and get an IV to uh, get his fluid levels back up uh, because he was cramping, and um, it looked like a pretty bad cramp. He was it in did. some serious yeah. pain for a cramp. That was uh, was some serious pain. But you could tell by the way that he uh, the way that he went down that that foot had just locked up on him and it was uh, it looked pretty painful. So, but yeah, apparently he's gonna get a lot of water this week. Yes, exactly. Apparently he uh, he sweats it all out pretty easily. So that's one thing I did not think to ask about in terms of uh, all the uh, all the former coaches and people that I talked to last week. Didn't ask about his his sweat levels. So. That's uh, that's a major fail on my part. Yeah. It's all about the details. All about the details. <laughs> I, honestly, I've never even thought about asking that about any player on Crampy, <laughs> to be honest. Right. I mean, it's never crossed my mind. How much does this guy sweat? Yeah. Does he sweat a lot? A little? Yeah. Medium? Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, he's always played in Utah. And, uh, it's true. Yeah, just in, just in Utah. Um, so... You probably don't sweat quite as much up there. No, probably not. I just that seems a little too maybe a little too personal to ask how much a guy sweats. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'm into that. Yeah, we'll just like Gundy volunteer that information to us. Yeah, yeah. But the good news is no serious injury there. Just uh, just some cramping and came back and and ran well in the uh, fourth quarter after getting an IV. So. All right. Uh, should we move on to the defense now? Yeah, we've talked like an hour about the offense. I right. think it's time for the defense. Right. Here. Uh, yes. Um, after I after I made my uh, disclaimer that I didn't think the defense was getting enough talk, we talked forever about the offense. Well, so, here we go. They're really good. All right. That's all, folks. Yeah, no. End of podcast. No, the uh, the defense played incredibly well again. They were back to their old uh, their old tricks on third down. Two of twelve for Kansas State on third down which uh, several people uh, were impressed with, uh, one of which was Colby, Har- Colby Harvell Peel. Uh, he, was, uh, he was checking out the stat sheet at the end of the game and, uh, and uh, shared that that was the, uh, the thing that jumped out at, at, at him the most, was that uh, 2 of 12 on third down. He had never seen a stat sheet before. That's the takeaway for me. Right. Yeah, exactly. They don't give those to the players? Apparently not. I, don't, I didn't know that. And so 
I mean, NBA player. He's like the NBA players get these things all the time. I see him and said, "Yeah, they give him too much timeouts too." You know, because Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook got them all the time during right. the timeouts in their Thunder days. Yeah, um, they may not be an they may not be an every team thing, but it was definitely a KD and Russ thing. Um, yeah, like it's just when you when he looks at that and says, "You know, that's going to win a lot of ball games." He's right. I mean, they, yeah. there's nothing Kansas State could have done to. Extend drives. Um, no. They were one for two on fourth down, and the fourth down they did they converted was on the first drive of the game, and they still had to kick a field goal. Yeah, they did it in the red zone and still had to kick a field goal. You're right, and so that really just extended a drive three plays, and you get a field goal, and you got nothing really that you were hoping, and so, and I asked, you know, I, I was kind of trying to get a funny answer out of. Colby, um, possibly because he gives fun stuff and asked if there's a secret to that. Maybe, you know, he would spout off something random, stealing jerseys or whatever. And uh, he just had a simple answer Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles. You know, the mad scientist, the uh, nutty professor, or whatever you want to call him, um, is the trick, apparently. Um, it's just, they locked down Kansas State. That's really what it came down to. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, I would not. I would not have been surprised if you told me Kansas State only scored twenty points in this game. I would be shocked, and I am shocked, uh, if you were to tell me that Kansas State's running back Deuce Vaughn would only rush for twenty-two yards. That uh, that would have blown my mind, and it does. Uh, that that stat is is amazing to me. Now he had a couple of big plays. Well, one big play really on a on a pass, and and had some more yardage. Uh, in the passing game, but still, to contain him the way that they did was uh, was really impressive, and uh, and really turned the tide in uh, in this ball game. You know, I mean, we were talking about it in the last podcast. I think the question I asked was, who's going to have more rushing yards, Jalen Warren or Deuce Vaughn? And I think did we both go with Deuce Vaughn? I think I went with Deuce Vaughn. I'm pretty sure we both did. Someone might have to double check that and still don't believe my answer. Um, right. Because I just thought they would just do, give the ball so much to Deuce Vaughn. Exactly. That that's all. That's what they focus on so much. And I, we kind of figured OSU might actually throw the ball a little bit more this week. Um, right. So we kind of that's kind of why I went that way because like we we were guessing that Tate Martin would come back and um, take some care, take, take some touches away from Jalen Warren and he really didn't. I mean, 30, 31 touches is still a lot. But yeah. Um. You know, I just. We just thought Deuce Vaughn, man. The way Deuce Vaughn runs and is hard to tackle and everything. Yep. But OSU really just bottled him up. And I asked Knowles how they did it, and he said, you know, the coverage on the outside really helped. Yeah. Um, Jark, Bernard Carver's having three pass breakups on the first possession. Was right. insane. Uh, did a lot of a lot of confidence boost in there and really kind of, I think, sent a message to Kansas State, like throwing the ball is not going to really go your way. <laughs> right. And then, uh, you know, Knowles mentioned Will Howard was left the game. He's had an injury, but I think they were rotating quarterbacks more yeah, than anything for were. looking for some effectiveness. And um, but when Howard out of there, they couldn't run as much, and so that really was able to that really allowed OSU's defense to pin their ears back and go after Deuce. Yeah, you know they only uh, they only ended up with the one sack, right? Am I? Uh... Yeah, they should have had another one, but somehow. Um, <laughs> You know, somehow he popped the ball out. Jaron Lewis. Sorry, I forgot his name for a second. Jaron Lewis is somehow to 
the ball. I don't know if it, if he threw it or it got popped forward. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? That was a weird play. That was uh, from our view in the press up. box. I thought he fumbled the way people kind of scrambled. Right. And then all of a sudden, the Deuce Fawns in the end zone. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, two takeaways for the OSU defense. I've, uh, I've mentioned multiple times that I think that's an area they need to improve in, and uh, they're back back to back games with uh, with two takeaways. Uh, last week they had one that led directly to a touchdown on, on a short field, and tonight they had one that led direct, directly to a touchdown by uh, recovering in the end zone themselves. So really, um, really impressive. Colby Harvell Peel, we've talked about a little bit, but a uh, really big game from him. Led the team in tackles. First uh, first player not named Malcolm Rodriguez to do that this season. <laughs> and uh, had the interception as well. Almost had a second one, which he did not want to talk about when you asked him about yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't want to talk about that one. <laughs> you know, I call him that, you know, I tweeted at him last week, or I didn't tweet at him. I just tweeted that, you know, Colby Harvell Peel, the receiver, because he looked like a receiver last week making that pick at Boise. And uh, kind of the same situation this time. I couldn't come up with it, but he didn't want to talk about it. Nope. Not in the mood to chat about that. All right, anything else about the defensive performance that uh, that stood out to you? Hmm. Israel Antoine had a couple of he, big plays. He had a couple of big plays. Antoine played really, really well. He did. Um, doesn't get a lot of credit up there in the trenches like that, but uh, he had a big game, I thought. Um, you know, I'm curious – with Brock Barton getting hurt and missing at least a few weeks, yeah, how that's going to change some things. Um, everyone loves Colin Oliver, but uh, this really expands his role even more. So we'll yeah. kind of see how he reacts to it. Exactly, and he's still, uh, you know, he's still a little bit undersized at at, uh, at that uh, at that position when you get into Big Twelve play. So I uh, I think that they uh, that they like him. But I don't know that they were ready to throw him in there, throw him into the fire uh, at this uh, the, this level uh, that they that they might have to between him, Ben Kapinski, uh, Tyron Irby, who I did not see play tonight. Uh, never heard any report of an injury with him, but I did not. Uh, I don't remember seeing him on the field, and I certainly, when I was really looking closely, don't remember seeing him uh, on the field in the fourth quarter after Brock left the game. So. We'll see what the uh, what the status is with him, but um, he becomes really important. Um, Kapinski and uh, and Oliver as well, uh, two guys that uh, that are are really speed guys off the edge. You know, Irby is uh, is Irby is a speed guy. He's an edge guy too, but he's a little uh, a little bigger, a little stronger, a little more mature physically. Uh, and uh, and kind of built to handle the uh, the every down type work that uh, that you need from that position. So, will be interesting to see. Um, I'll be curious to see how Brock is doing. Uh, the talk on uh, on the radio broadcast was that it was an elbow injury, and I know some people on Twitter, I believe, uh, said that they that they. Uh, that it was dislocated and they uh, they popped it back into place on the field. Am I uh, am I remembering that, that correctly? Yeah, that makes me think shoulder though. Do you pop an elbow back into place? I don't know. I feel like you pop a shoulder. I don't know. I'm I'm not a doctor. Someone can let us know, I guess. But right, yeah. I think Gundy alluded to the shoulder. He said shoulder. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, we'll see. What I can exactly. see popping a shoulder back in place. I can't see an elbow. 
That sounds that, that sounds, sounds broken to me more than dislocated. Right. That sounds pretty painful either way. Yeah. Either way. I think just take the arm at that point. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, um, all right. Special teams was uh, up and down. Another one of those days where they had some really good moments and some uh, and some really bad moments. They've had a couple of those type of games this year. But they gave up the 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, missed a couple of field goals. Both long ones, but uh, but still missed them. Um, but then you had some some good kickoff returns and uh, and good coverage outside of the, of giving up the long one. So, you know, the, it was really the uh, the kickoff return coverage team that uh, that set up the uh, the fumble by Will yeah. Howard that led to the touchdown by the defense by Malcolm Rodriguez. So. Yeah, because for whatever reason, uh, Malik Knowles Malik Knowles got a little cocky. He did, and decided to take one out of the end zone, and he got stuffed. Yeah, um, yeah, not not his best decision of no. the night. You notice he didn't take one out of the end zone ever again. <laughs> no, he did not. Not even considering it. And I think what the the next one, I think his teammates all got around and basically said, "You better kneel." Yes. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the downsides that the Alex Hale. Uh, apparently has a mechanical issue still. Right. Um, I want to golf with Mike Gundy now because Gundy is my kind of golfer where <laughs> he's got a bad swing going one way, fixes it and goes the other way, and says, ah, just give me another beer. Yeah. Um, that's my kind of golfing. I never hit the ball straight. If I do, it's a miracle. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you drink beer. So, yes. there you go. That's, that's the... That's the greatness of golf is just drinking some <laughs> beer when you are terrible like me. All right, so next week they move on uh, back at home, another 6 p.m. game against Baylor. Uh, not on ESPN+. Plus. They can actually get this one on regular TV. Yeah. Good news for Cowboy fans who uh, can't make it to the game. What was it, ESPN2? Uh, I believe that's correct. I think that's correct, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, another uh, another home game. They'll be celebrating the uh, 10-year anniversary of the uh, the 2011 team in the Big 12 title uh, and all the great things that that team did. So, should be a, a, a fun one. I, uh, I'll be curious to see if they do something uniform-wise. You know, they had. Uh, we'll get to get. To, we'll talk a little bit about the the Chester Pittman stuff that they did. Uh, in a second, but they uh, but they kind of had a little bit of a throwback type look. wasn't necessarily a throwback uniform, but, yeah. but the styling of the uh, the color combination was was a throwback look. I liked them. It was solid. It was a really good look. Um, but uh, but they did a lot to honor Chester Pittman, which I thought was uh, was really well done. They had a sticker on the uh, on the helmet with his number twenty three and his name on it. Um. They had, uh, as I mentioned, they they did the uh, the throwback style of uniform to uh, to his era, the late fifties, early sixties, and then they had the uh, the hoodies that uh, that everybody wore during the walk, with uh, with the big uh, the big white helmet with the twenty three mm-hmm. on the side, like like he wore, and uh, had the little uh, patch of uh, that resembled the helmet sticker on the shoulder, so. Some really cool stuff, and uh, I thought what Tay Martin had to say was uh, was pretty impressive for a guy that 
probably hadn't heard of Chester yeah. Pittman until uh, until this morning sometime. Yeah, he's, I asked him directly if he knew anything about Chester Pittman. He said not until today, and that really motivated him once I think he learned who he was and decided, you know, like this is another reason to go out and play. And Tay Martin has plenty of reasons to go play. Right. Um, but you add a guy like Chester Pittman to it um, who died in December at 83 years old um, that they really gave – I think it kind of motivated some of those players. Um, and it yeah. was just – it was a really nice – it was kind of a subtle tribute, to be honest. But it was really nice. Right. It was. And really powerful. Well done. It was well done. Martin wore the uh, the hoodie that I mentioned. He wore it into uh, post game when he came to, to speak with us and uh, seemed really uh, really impressed by uh, by getting to uh, – I say, I say impressed. I mean, it made a real impression on him getting to learn about Chester Pittman and uh, and understand what he had meant to Oklahoma State football. So, really well done by by Oklahoma State. All right. Well, that um, does that bring me to does that bring us to the most important thing I forgot? Anything I, else? I think so. And I've got one. Uh oh. The Cowboy backs live. <laughs> They're alive. They, they they now are on the board with receptions. Braden Cassidy caught two passes tonight, his first career receptions. The first receptions for a Cowboy back all season. Right. First targets for a Cowboy (laughs) back all season. Um, You know, that that was big, I thought. Yeah, it was. Because, you know, you you got those guys in in a formation, and if they're not a threat to catch the ball on some level – they're just going to be ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can uh, you can run them around all you want, but uh, but if if they're not a real significant threat to, to catch the ball, it's just uh, it's just a, a I don't I don't know I don't want to say a wasted player, but it's uh, it's it's not effective. So I no. thought that was really important that they uh, that they threw it to him a couple of times, and uh, you know Cassidy told uh, told us he he doesn't have the greatest hands in the world, no. but uh, but he looked smooth on both his catches tonight. Well, they lined him up in the slot at least once. Yeah, they did. Now I think he immediately blocked for a screen out there, a receiver screen. But I thought if you're going to throw it to him, put him in the slot a couple of times, it's going to make some defenses really consider consider what they have to do there. Yeah. Yeah. There was also a change. The cowboy back. We got a lineman moving <laughs> over. Yeah, offensive lineman Silas Barr, uh, a freshman offensive lineman, 285-pound uh, tackle who uh, changed jersey numbers from 54 to 48 and uh, and moved over to uh, to the cowboy back spot. Apparently, he caught a pass in practice for the first time <laughs> in his life. <laughs> yeah, that makes you feel good about the receivers as Cowboys backs, right? Um, but it sounds like. Um, you know, with the the amount of blocking that they're asking of these guys, and uh, and the lack of impact in the passing game, having a, an extra blocker out there is uh, is really valuable. Whereas I think Austin Gerard is more designed to be a uh, a receiver once he gets comfortable. I think the fact that he was late arriving. You know, Mike Gundy talked about that. He said, you know, he's only been here since August. And if he had even just made it in at the beginning of June with the with the rest of the uh, the newcomers, I think he'd be in a lot better situation 
Uh, Gundy said, you know, if he had been here since January, he'd be he'd, he'd be completely different. But I think if he'd just been able to come in in June and go through summer workouts with uh, with the team and and be able to gain some understanding of the offense that way that he would be in a, a much better situation. But he's just not quite there yet, not quite ready. And so this gives them a guy that is definitely a talented blocker and uh, and moves really well at 285 pounds to uh, to get out there and, and move and do some things and and uh, and and make some blocks and and be able to hold his own in the, in that realm. So they're probably never going to throw him the ball. Right. But I promise you he's going to be open. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. <laughs> he definitely is. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. He'll uh, he'll he'll no time. He'll be running around with one hand up in the air, looking back at the quarterback, and then uh, then shrug when he doesn't get it thrown his way. <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll turn into a diva wideout, but in in no time they'll uh, they'll, they'll change him. All right. Anything else on uh, the most important thing I forgot? I think uh, I think we just about covered everything. Um, we didn't talk much about Baylor, but we'll get into that in our yeah. our midweek podcast. But uh, big win for them over Iowa State earlier today. That was, that was uh, big. That was uh, that was impressive. Um, so uh, kind of throws the uh, the Big Twelve race into all kinds of uh, all kinds of chaos here early in the uh, really the first weekend of uh, of the Big Twelve play. We can get into Big 12 talk on Tuesday a little bit, I think. But yeah. uh, interesting today with OU struggling and TCU losing and Texas Tech's defense looks like a disaster. Right. Um, yeah. A lot made, of interesting They made things. Casey Thompson look like a Heisman winner. That's what they did. Uh, that's true. I'm happy for Casey, though. Yeah. I like to see a, uh, a, a local boy having some success. Um, but he did He did look good against, yes. against Texas Tech today. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up. So uh, for Jacob Unruh, uh, I am Scott Wright. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. Mm-hmm.